Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. This, of course, is the Carabao Cup final preview. So you're hearing this on a Thursday. We're recording this a little bit earlier, but nonetheless, uh, I think hopefully most of the fan base is excited for this, no matter what the Premier League status and results has said lately. Um, it's a big day out for Villa. It's a 4.30 p.m. kickoff time in the U.K. at Wembley Stadium against Manchester City. Um, it's not going to be an easy task, but of course, I have a few friends with me to discuss this. So first, we'll come to Liam. How are you, Liam? Thanks for joining me. I'm very good, thank you. I'm looking forward to a, a good day at Wembley. Well, the score could go either way, but... <laughs> one way could be a rugby result but i'm good i'm very good thank you i hope you guys are well as well good i, I like i said this in the uh whole cast on the monday we're recording this earlier so it makes sense to the people listening maybe not to us but anyways liam is so polite i love it danny <laughs> how you doing buddy thank, thank you i'm doing well i'm doing well like the, the only problem is you've never called me polite you've literally never ever called oh. me polite on the and like oh. i say hello oh. and i say Please and thank you and on all of that. I call you buddy. Um, Is that not good enough? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like buddy can be like quite a patronizing term in the UK. Really? Am I, am I right? Am I right, Liam? I don't... Uh, um, yeah. He's still young enough to be called buddy, right? <laughs> sure. But like, it's like. But, but I, don't, yeah, I don't use it often myself. To be fair, I normally just use mate. If I'm honest. <laughs> Well, that, that's, I that's feel like thing though, isn't it? I feel like if I say like that, I sound like a complete idiot. So, <laughs> mate, there you go. You sounded better. But anyways, how are you doing, my good friend Danny? You are so polite. <laughs> I'm good. I'm okay, there we go. Well, let's get in the conversation because I'm sure not everyone wants to listen to us talk about how polite we think each other are. Um, a tall task, an extremely tall task against Man City. Uh, and uh, to be honest, it's uh, for most people, they're probably thinking it's going to be an absolute, uh, I don't know, what do you say, an absolute nightmare it could be potentially, but you never know, like Liam said, with these kind of cup finals, it could go either way. Um, it could be, we could be the Watford of the FA Cup final next year, or we could be the uh, the Portsmouth or the, uh, the Birmingham City. I don't want to be the Birmingham City um, at all. You know what I mean? We're basically the underdogs. Um, I regret that. I don't like Birmingham City. I just needed a comparable. I'm sorry, people. Don't hate me too much. With that being what said, Danny. City ever done to you, dude? Uh, does anyone like Birmingham City? <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. But, Danny, this is a shambles already. How are you feeling about this game? Are you confident? Um, give us all the uh, thoughts and feelings. Uh, it should be a walkover. Uh, next season, Rotherham on a Sunday and AC Milan on a weekday. Basically, what I'm saying is we're going to win the League Cup. Okay, well, that, that's short and simple. That's fair enough. I'm, Liam, I'm, I want to I keep positive because it's it would be so easy to go through this podcast and list through all the reasons that we couldn't win. Because let's be honest, Cole, neither you, me, nor Liam want to talk about how much better Man City are. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really tough. Liam, we'll come to you next because yeah. this <laughs> it's so hard to be positive about this. And, you know, what? we'll turn that well, for now on. I'm going to be positive. We're going to go out there and do our best, I'm sure. But this is Manchester City, regardless of their Champions League status and their uh, their legal issues. It's still 
the current champions in the Premier League. How are you feeling about this game? Any confidence? Uh, give us your thoughts as well. I mean, um, am, am I confident? Not really. Man City got Stardage's squad. They've got Aguero, De Bruyne, Edison in goal. It's frightening to think about. And similar to derbies in the fact that they could go either way and that previous results may not matter. You look at Man City losing to Wigan in, in FA Cup a few years ago. That was a shock result. That could, could, the same thing could happen to Villa, but unfortunately... I personally think that Man City will destroy us. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, that's not too positive. Come on. Um, um, it's it, No, like, let's let's be real. It, it's an uphill battle. It's David versus Goliath, if you want to say. It's one of those games where, obviously, of course, Villa lost 2-0 against Southampton. We're not in good form. Uh, we're not getting the points when we should be. Things aren't going well. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of negativity in the fan base right now. A lot of questions about what's going to go on. Um, so it, I think when we look at this overall, guys, I think there's a lot of people questioning the club's priority. Um, is this a game where we go out and do our best like we should every game? Is this a game where uh, we just hope not to get demolished and it, we represent the club in a good fashion. It's, it's, it's tough to say, cause I am hoping this is a game. Oh hell. If this is like the Spurs game, if we go back to that one, if this is a game where we somehow put the best shift in and just go at it, then you know what, no matter the result, I think you're playing for pride there. But Danny, when you look at this game on an overall basis, uh, is it hard to be positive? Like it, it's one of those things where, uh, we're kind of clutching at straws, really. <laughs> I I totally disagree with you, Cole. I don't think it's I don't think it's hard to be positive. It's a League Cup final. These come around every once in a while. These, especially for a team like Villa, we are five-time winners. But in in recent years, of course, we've not been in many cup finals. Um, the last one that we were in, obviously, was under Tim Sherwood, and that was not a nice one. Uh, it does seem that every time we do get to a cup final, we we do lose. Uh, but, you know, there's there's not going to be an awful lot of expectation on us. And because of that, I think we can switch on, try not to be too tense, enjoy the game, see what happens. You know, no one's expecting us to win. No one's expecting us to win. And I think that probably works in Villa's favour a little bit. Uh, hopefully the, the players that turn up are the ones that, that want to win. I can't imagine that we're going to get a side full of players who um, aren't trying. And let's not forget Dean Smith's comments in, well, in 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 the um, uh, in in the midst of the defeat <laughs> against. <go>. Uh, sorry, <laughs> let's not forget Dean Smith's comments in the midst of the defeat of, of Southampton. Uh, him talking about how players have played themselves out of contention. This is going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of fight and training for for positions here. I think players are going to realise just how important this is. And I think because of that, you know, we'll see the very best AVFC. Absolutely. Liam, I'll come back to you. Um, we'll kind of start with uh, the lineup. Who uh, who do you think loses out? Who do you think comes in? Uh, essentially, what changes do you think we can expect between Southampton and Man City? Well, well uh, as Danny referenced uh, there, Dean Smith did say in his post-match press conference after the Southampton defeat that uh, lots of players have lost their place for the cup final. But if you're going across um, who would I select personally, I would go Oyan Nilan in goal just because he's helped us get to the cup final and he was brilliant against Leicester. And to be fair, when he was uh, uh, against Liverpool's kids, when he did uh, need to be used. Then at the back, 
Would you go three at the back? Would you go four at the back? I'm not sure. Personally, against Southampton, we did look very open with three at the back, which is a bit worrying, being that there's three players there, more players there to cover in the central area. But I think you like some Mings, uh, Grealish, Samata, they're all going to be in the starting line. Uh, don't you worry about that. But Target, Gilbert, um, the attacking forces on the uh, wings. Then you've got the central midfield role. Who would you go in there? I would previously discussed this in the uh, post-Southampton podcast. But personally, I think Connor has to be in there. Uh, then you argue Le Campbell and Louise for that central defensive midfield spot. Will McGinn be back for the League Cup final? You don't know. I doubt it personally. But for me, uh, I've, in previous weeks, I have liked the three at the back. But after the Southampton game, I am worried about the formation. Do we switch from the three at the back to the four at the back? I'm not personally sure. It's a, it's a massive conundrum, if um, I'm being honest. Absolutely. Danny, when we look at this, it, it's a tough one in terms of formation players. Like, let me know your thoughts on this. I'll give you my opinion because I love giving you my opinion and you're able to just transform it into something much better than I even mean to put it out as. So with that being said, I'm thinking more of your typical 4-3-3 or traditional 4-4-2, something that's going to be a little bit more reliable in the midfield. Probably 4-3-3, I'll say. When we're looking at in goal, I would say Nyland, right back. I'm actually going with Elmo. I think Gilbert has or Gilbert, however you want to pronounce it, has kind of played himself out a little bit. You look at the midfield three, you would have to say Nakamba stays in there. We'll say Horahan. And I, I think the question here is, is it Douglas Louise or Danny Drinkwater? So from kind of there at that point, if you look at in goal, uh, the one change in defense in that midfield, do you agree with any of those? Who would you change up? Give us your thoughts. I certainly wouldn't play Danny Drinkwater. He was at fault for the first two goals of that Manchester City game. He basically played two assists through to Manchester City players the last time we played against them. Um, albeit that was, you know, just absolute weird uh, decision making from from Dean Smith to even start him in the first place. Um, I think that I actually agree with you on the El Mohamedy idea, by the way. Or I, not necessarily that I think that he should, you know, come in for. Um, not necessarily that, that, that you should come in for Gilbert, but I, I think Al Mohamedy should start. Funnily enough, maybe you play him out wide. Actually, maybe you, you give him Al Ghazi's position. You know, considering that Al Ghazi hasn't been playing up to standard as of late. You know, you can you can maybe uh, ask Al Mohamedy to be there to kind of play balls in. You know, maybe True. maybe maybe what you do is you you you, you throw out the rule book and go four four two and put Samata and. And and Baston up there, heck, like what's you know what are the chances we got of scoring? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's 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 one it's one of those ones. It, yeah, it's 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 difficult. And Dean Smith needs to. I think this is going to have to be down to whoever's got the most desire on the training pitch. But I think Al Mohamedy can play. Um, I think he he'll probably offer a little bit more help. I think he he always looks passionate when he comes on. He was fantastic in the game against Leicester when he came on as a substitute. Uh, perhaps he is the the right option. I don't think you take out Matt Target. I think he stays in there. I think what personally I would go with is Mings and Engels at the back. Mings and Engels together. And yeah, yeah. the four three three didn't work last time. And, and yeah, like the last time we 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 had four three three in there, the, the the players weren't going forward enough. But hopefully they've learned. Hopefully they've learned, and we can you know try our best. Try our best. I think Nakamba. I think for me it would be Nakamba, Harahan, and Douglas. Um, although I, I think I'm not sure what Dean Smith thinks of, 
of Douglas and Nakamba's performance in the midweek. That's what's going to be interesting. I think the thing that scares me, and uh, we talked about this, um, oh, I guess a couple weekends ago now, Danny, for the Spurs review, uh, when this is coming out, obviously ahead of time. Um, so at that point, we kind of went over the whole Danny Drinkwater thing. Uh, maybe there's something in his contract where he needs to play a certain amount of games, which I'm starting to feel is uh, becoming true in almost some instance. Uh, my biggest fear for this game, Liam, I'll come to you next, is Danny Drinkwater. Because do you have any kind of gut feeling that he's going to be thrown in? Because it seems like the big, big games is when Dean Smith feels like I don't know if it's maybe it is the game thing, game time guarantee thing. But at the same time, it almost feels like at this point that Dean Smith wants him in those big games. So how do you feel about that? Because I just, it's almost like throwing a sheep to the wolves, really. I mean, I'm not a big Danny Drinkwater fan, but let's not forget he did win the Premier League at Leicester. So he does have experience in winning silverware. Being that, I mean, you could argue that Nogoni Lacante was pivotal in that midfield role and he was carried by him. You don't know, but he's still got experience in the Premier League. Uh, and that's potentially why Dean Smith has chosen him for these big games, if you like. But for me, I would not play him at all. I think he, uh, Danny's right. has been at fault with a few goals, especially against the, when we lost to Man City 6-1. And he's he's really slow. He's really complacent. I, I, look, I looked um, the last time we played for Villa. And the other players around him, they, they weren't as creative. But they were taking two or three touches on the ball and then moving it across. With him, he was taking five or six. He just looked uncomfortable. And yes, he hasn't played a lot of Premier League football this year. But we at Villa, we don't, we, we can't just help him develop. We're in a relegation battle. We can't just hold players and develop players for other clubs. We need to survive. And for me, Danny Drinkwater should not be in that midfield at all. Yeah, no, great point. We don't have, like, honestly, awesome point by Liam there. We don't have time to mess around and essentially hope that he recaptures some of that Leicester form. It's unlucky from a player's perspective to see him go down that way, but he's clearly off the pace. You see him, um, I guess we would have seen him against Spurs, and he couldn't even keep up the midfield. It was constantly getting overran. He was just tugging shirts to hopefully pull back and kind of sneak in there without any um, result of a foul, which I don't know how many times he fouled players. But anyways, um, it's a major risk to play him in this game. His distribution, even though it was uh, considered pretty top tier in that uh, in that championship winning sh- season, I should say the Premier League winning winning season, um, it was great in that season and obviously the season before and going into his move to Chelsea. Uh, but we don't have time for him to sit here, Danny, and wait for him to become good because essentially at what point do you say enough is enough really Danny? yeah i don't think it's a case of enough is enough what's up sorry i was just thinking it's all good yeah. i honestly i'm leaving that in there that one's a good one <laughs> give me a couple of seconds okay. lad <laughs> come on you're usually pretty witty about these things i am i'm we sometimes you got to give it couple of seconds let it remonate but anyways go on good sir <laughs> i don't think it's a case of you know when is it off and up i think dean smith is basically thinking i'll put it to you cole i mean if you consider the possibility dean smith's just thinking when will it come right i think that's more you know the hope and the trust that he's putting it in yeah i think 
my biggest concern with that is is like what well when does it come right and like no one will ever know that it's like it's the unknown question like no one can ever figure that out really about any player that's struggling or whatever I think the biggest issue is is like I'll say for instance I can tell um, I'm Nostradamus Cole right now like what if it doesn't become good till the last game of the season when it doesn't matter you know what I mean it's it's just kind of it's one of those situations where you look at him and you're thinking, okay, if you want to play him, uh, why not play him in games that aren't against these big sides? Because it just it hasn't worked. And I, I can understand the bravery from Dean Smith, but anyways, we'll get back onto the game here um, and wrap this up here shortly because uh, of course it but, is just a preview. Um, by the sorry, way, Danny, go on. But yeah, I was just gonna say, right? Listen, I don't think Danny Drunk was the worst player in the in the world at all. I think. To, to some degree, I think he could work in a 4-4-2. If we played like Nakamba and, and Danny Drinkwater, I could see that working. But what that relies on then is the, is, is tenacity of the wingers. And I think that's that's the main thing. I think like the, the midfield are having to do a lot of work, um, which they're just not capable of doing. Uh, basically, Villa need more more players up the pitch and, and, and doing work, basically, to, uh, to create chances. That's what our real problem has been. I think against Man City we need to go Route One basically, and I think if we if we go four four two and drink water plays, I don't think it's the worst worst idea in the world. Yeah, I think the thing with that is like four four two I agree with, but I think the benefit, especially with Villa with the four three three, is if you're playing the canvas, say in drink if drink water starts, which you know what now that I feel like we've said, it's like Beetlejuice, I feel like we've said his name enough that's gonna happen. Um, if that is the case and he's playing beside Horhan, Douglas, Louise whoever I think he benefits with someone behind him and I, we haven't really seen that as of yet from my memory and if that's the case maybe that does benefit him maybe that gives him the assurance that you know what I can have that extra second on the ball maybe I can do something a little bit differently where I'm not pressured to um, come back as quickly because I am off the pace there's a lot of what ifs I don't want to make this the Danny Drinkwater what if podcast like it's kind of becoming <laughs> yeah <laughs> sponsored by um but uh moving sponsored on from by there, Chelsea <laughs> sponsored by Chelsea literally <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one uh we'll move on from there um guys uh, we'll start with Liam if we're gonna pick out and uh, this is another kind of easy one if we're gonna pick out one difference maker and actually you know what we'll make it tricky here on the spot besides jack Grealish, who is that for villa come sunday and- if you're talking about leadership potentially tara mings um he's a leader in himself he's a colossal um there's a good reason why he's got the england call up and that's because of his talent of course but his leadership skills also you could Regarding leadership, you could potentially say Rainer. He, he got very angry um, on Saturday, but he obviously cares for the cause. I think those two could be pivotal in um, helping us uh, potentially, I don't know, getting a result out of that game, potentially, I don't know, potentially winning that game, as crazy as that sounds. But for me, yeah, those two would, could potentially be uh, pivotal in uh, on Sunday's game. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that 100%. Danny, your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts, I think, in terms of who's going to be pivotal, I think whoever's playing in that central midfield, I think, uh, is going to be key. I think, essentially, just making sure that City don't have too much of the ball. I think whoever whoever it is, I think Nakamba's going to, uh, I think Nakamba's going to be key. He has to turn up, he has to play, you know, like he has at the best of times. I think defensively as well, Matt Target, potentially, is going to have to have a good game. Because 
uh, Riyad Mahrez has been playing an absolute blinder as of late, and that that's that's you know it's going to be key for him to to stop him from cutting him cutting him on that right foot. But I think yeah, I think defensively that's where you're looking at the leaders. I think also whoever I think Grealish first of all might well struggle, you know, against Carl Walker on the left hand side. He's gonna he's gonna do his best, but but City will you know will, will try and try their best to make him ineffective. I'm still not totally convinced by Fernandinho as a centre back. I know um, I know he's been playing there for a while. I, I don't I don't think that the Manchester City defence are are amazing. Uh, I think as well that whoever's playing on that right hand side is also going to be key because uh, I think I think Mendy as well who uh, always seems to always seems to come back into the city side and 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 almost be a bit of a weak link in that team and whoever's playing on the right side if they can if they can exploit him just a little bit and and deliver balls in with with their right foot and by me saying this i'm I'm essentially saying it could well be like el mohammed um basically uh which is you know what i would like to see or even if it's el ghazi or trezeguet whoever's putting in balls from that right hand side is going to be key i think that that is going to be our key area to basically get get goals you know what i agree with both your guys input uh fantastic uh, on both your parts i think when i look at it you're you are right danny with the elmo thing i feel like it's another thing that i could see happening because regardless of the result we're gonna we have to accept we're not gonna have a fantastic amount of possession unless something crazy happens um who knows we can't predict that kind of reality really but I, it's so key down that mi- or that uh, right hand side of course what happens there how stable that can be um and even if it is uh gilbert that starts um his responsible uh, responsibility has to be completely different uh compared to southampton spurs previous games but i think for me the biggest question mark and i think the most important thing is that midfield and not to be overrun because we know city like to move the ball around quickly. They like to take their time at, at points with the ball and they're going to outweigh you for as long as possible because they have players that are good enough to continually hold on to that and cause immense amount of pressure with the movement of their strikers. Their strikers can find inches of space out of nothing. I think if whether it's a midfield pair of two, it's a, a trio, whatever it is, we somehow park it, it even go more in the midfield. Regardless, it's going to be down to your Nakambas. It's going to be down to your Douglas Louises, we'll say, uh, Hurahans, whoever starts to pack that midfield. Because allowing, I think we all know, guys, that there's going to be a lot of shots in this game, probably just the way Villa season has gone. I think the other thing, Danny, I'll bring this back to you, um, is limiting those shots coming from the middle of the pitch. Because realistically, the more we face from that prime area, the the more really suffering that's going to happen. Yeah, look, let's you know, let's just you know even think about who's going to be up front there for the city. You've got Aguero, you've got um, you've got Riyad Mahrez, and who else is probably going to be starting up there? I think. Well, yeah, they played, got they played Aguero so and Jesus, I think, together um, in their last game, I believe, against Leicester. If not, it was the one before that. So it no, could even be. It, a, do they not? No, not against Leicester, I don't think. Uh, I think Jesus it was the game before. Aguero. 
Yeah, I think it was the game before. Maybe they played Jesus a little bit more out wide, but like they've they've played both of them together. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that would be right. Yeah, but, but yeah, but they then you been, have KDB too. Like, yeah, they've got, yeah, they've got they've got so many game changers in there. But you know, they haven't been great as of late. Like I watched the game against Leicester. They weren't that impressive. I thought we more. I think we beat Leicester more comfortably than than City did. If I'm being totally honest, like that's the funny thing. But it's just that when we when we do come up against these great players, I think uh, a, a lot a lot of these players seem to get starstruck. I mean, it's it's a big point that's been made by a lot of people that we're the only team in the league probably who doesn't have a scalp, uh, apart from beating Liverpool five nil, um, without obviously Mo Salah and and all of that. Uh, but you know, this is a Spurs team beat them as well without without a recognised striker. So that that happened. <laughs> Do you remember? True. I was calling you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That, yeah. That that City team isn't perfect at all. It's not perfect. I'm still you know, not totally convinced by Rodrigo and Gundogan in midfield. Yeah, I think the thing there too, and I just kind of came to me. You know what? I think this legality Champions League thing. You know, you never know. That could be playing into their minds. Like, where's their future going to be if all this comes to? Um, to truth, where like is it 100% that they're not like they're kicked out of the Champions League? Yeah, they're, they're, I think they appointed uh, some lawyer and they are trying to um, prevent that from happening. Yeah, okay. it's not it's not a it's not a done thing yet. Yeah. I mean, I think they're allowed to they're allowed to appeal, obviously, and so yeah. we don't know where that's going to lead them. But nonetheless, it is it is like it's a it's a, it is a difficult situation for the players isn't it and yeah. you know Pep Guardiola is going to be regardless you know he's going to be asked in press conferences about his future isn't he it's yeah. just one of those things um Liam like I, I'm just interested in hearing from you because um you, you, you've probably got to catch them in recent weeks like you know ever since that news came out actually they beat West Ham and they beat Leicester uh, is, there, is there any holes in City's game I mean in fact from either of you is there any holes in City's game that you're thinking well, could exploit. I think that you've, you've highlighted uh, earlier on their defence. Uh, Laporte's been out for quite a while and they have child Fernandinho in that spot. If we could, like you said, get more balls in the box by playing potentially Elmo on the right ring, who has been um, influential in this competition this season, then we could gain some result out of that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it was, Ot- it was, I think it was Otamendi who was out, wasn't it? And Laporte's come... Um, uh, Laporte came off for him, I think, in the Leicester game. But yeah, it's not. It's it's basically with City. What you've got to try and do is you've got to try and attack them. You you can't just let them bully you. And that's what Villa did in the last game. I just hope that we've learned from that pretty much. I think there's a lot of lessons, guys, that we can all admit that we're hoping they've learned over the last, well, basically throughout the duration of this whole season that they can take an account to this one game and hopefully do something positive because. Regardless of what happens in the Premier League, um, I think somehow winning this, um, I think we can all agree, uh, would mean a hell of a lot to the morale, not even just the team, but the fan base. And I think that's something we all need. Um, And you know what? Even if it comes down to where we lose, I hope it's just uh, it's an instance where we can be proud of the performance. We know we did everything. Uh, Not something. Well, I mean, you look at the FA Cup final last year. Uh, Watford, some people gave them a little bit of a hope and a prayer and they just didn't turn up and they gave, like we said, this whole preview, give them too much space and you're going to get punished. Give them too much time. You know, what's going to happen. Um, you know, whatever team Man City puts out, uh, 
Pep is going to expect nothing but excellence. Um, that's what you expect at that end of the table. Like, it, it's obvious. Well, guys, let's wrap this up because we've been going for about half an hour. Uh, I'm totally make this like 15, 20 minutes, but it is a big game. So it is what it is, and it is a bit of a special one. Liam, if you'd be so kind, could I please have your score prediction? Score prediction, I did say earlier that it could be um, <clears throat> quite a, a big advantage in Man City's favour. Personally, I think it could be, I know it's not positive, but I'll say 3 0 Man City. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Danny, score prediction, please. 1 1. Villa win on penalties. <laughs> I knew it. I, I, really? literally, I literally That's said this. Fair. Sorry to interrupt you guys. <laughs> I literally said this before the podcast to myself when, when I was looking at like the lineup of what we're going to talk about. I said, I know Danny's going to say go to penalties. I freaking knew it. I knew Sorry, it. Like, it's, <laughs> I, I like excitement. I like I like having, you know, this, you know, I, I need it. OK, I need that feeling. I need that vitriol. It's it's this is what football does to me. And <laughs> I, don't, I think I don't think I tweeted throughout the whole game yesterday. Oh, sorry, wait, I should No, say, you definitely did. The whole Southampton <laughs> game. No, okay, I, I tweeted a couple of times during the, during the Southampton game. I can't help it, right? I love tension. And and when, when, it's a, when it's a boring nil-nil or when nothing happens during the game, I hate it. You know, I'd much rather there was drama. And I think there's going to be drama in this game as well. I just get the feeling, and here is a prediction. Here's a prediction for you. It's got no basis whatsoever. Nostradamus, let's go. Some, someone's getting sent off in that game. Ooh. There's going to be... There's going to be a City player sent off or, or something like that. And because of that, Villa will somehow scrape a one-all draw. And when it goes <laughs> to penalties, it'll be Pepe Reina in goal. Sorry to disagree with you, by the way, on an earlier point, Liam, that you made about 40 minutes ago. But I think Pepe Reina is going to play. Yeah. I think that's going to be big for us. Big game player. That's, no, that's fair. Um, I'm not dissing the positivity. I love it. Like, what a way that would be to win that you know what if you're gonna look at realism versus i guess kind of a hope and a prayer outlook i'm gonna go for the latter um i'm gonna say uh, what was the score when they played wigan in the fa cup it was was it one nil thank you ben watson ben watson you know what? i'm going one nil we're gonna keep a clean sheet somehow <laughs> this is so bad uh <laughs> we're one nil um i don't know who's gonna score but it's going to be late on. There's going to be a few minutes left. We're going to be under Liverpool-like pressure, and somehow we're going to hold it off. I'm sure people are going to think I'm unrealistic. I'm sure people are probably going to say Danny's unrealistic, and I'm sure a hell of a lot of people are going to say that Liam is very realistic. But anyways, we have to be hopeful, and that's that. But anyways, guys, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much to both Liam and Danny for joining me. Of course, this has been the 7500 to Holt Holtcast. You can find Liam on Twitter at West Midfooty. I remembered that. Danny on Twitter <laughs> at Razajourno. You can find me, Cole, at Talk Aston Villa of Twitter as well. And you can find the 7500 to Holt team on Twitter as well. It's simple, at 7500 to Holt. On the website, www.7500toholt.com. And of course, guys, up the villa. Uh, but one one more thing, one more thing. Yeah. If you're gonna tw- if you're gonna tweet me, make sure you do it before the League Cup game because I'll probably would have deactivated by the end of it. <laughs> okay. The final word from Danny Raza. Okay, guys, thanks very much for listening, and once again, up the villa. <laughs>